Hi, I'm Dr. Amy Robbins and welcome to Life, Death and the Space Between podcast. I'm a licensed clinical psychologist and medium. And here we explore life, death, consciousness and what it all means. Today, I feel like I have an extra special episode for you all. Uh, This episode is going to air on Valentine's Day, February 14th, which has significant meaning to my guests today. And so when I looked at the calendar, when we talked before, and I looked at the calendar, it was perfect because I always air a ghost story on a Monday. Valentine's Day fell on a Monday this year, and this story just aligned perfectly. So when we talk about synchronicities, I I believe this is yet another one in this beautiful story that you're all going to hear. So today, my special guest is Ricky Lake. Yes, Ricky Lake. Ricky is an American actress, television presenter, and producer. She's known for her lead role as Tracy Turnblad in the 1988 film Hairspray, for which she received a nomination for the Independent Spirit Award for Best Female Lead. She is also known for her talk show, Ricky Lake, which debuted, which broadcasts internationally from September 1993 until May 2004. When the show debuted, Lake was 24 and credited as being the youngest person to host a syndicated talk show at the time. When her show wrapped final production, Lake went into several other business ventures. Her previous documentary, The Business of Being Born, was about home birth and midwifery. Her current documentary is The Business of Birth Control, and it's out now. Welcome, Ricky. Oh, thank you. Nice to talk to you. Happy to share my story. You too. So we talked before, and um, Ricky's lucky I didn't show up on her doorstep to record this live, but I didn't. So here we are via Zoom. So tell us your story. People might have seen bits and pieces. There was a it was in the New York Times, it was in People, but it didn't dig into what really happened after the death of your ex-husband and meeting your current husband. So can you just start us from the beginning? Sure. So uh, I was married to uh, Christian Evans. Christian Evans was my second husband and he passed away. It'll be five years on February 11th of this, 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 uh, Nick, this week, it'll be five years, which I, I cannot believe. And he succumbed to, um, years of struggling with bipolar and depression and ultimately took his life. Um, which took me down to the lowest. I mean, I, I was in a state of total despair. Um, I was, I, you know, there were days I didn't want to go on without him. And mm-hmm. I have two children, not with him, but two, at that point, teenagers. I think my son sort of 15 and 19 when he passed. And, um, you know, he and I had a very, um, very special connection. He was very spiritual. He always, when we were together, he, you know, when we got married, he said, we are together for something greater than just us. And I didn't understand what that meant, but when he left and I, you know, I, I mean, the whole bipolar illness, I, I didn't really understand what I was getting into when I fell in love and married someone who was bipolar and Mm -hmm. not medicated, or at least not medicated for most of the time I was with him. But, um, he has shown himself to me, um, 
all the time, all the time. I feel his presence when he died, you know, so, so I don't know, I, I don't know how to sort of shift into the story when, when he died on the 11th of February in 2017, I was actually in London when he, when he took his life, he took his life on the 11th at 111, he sent the note, the, the suicide note to his sister. He didn't send it to me because I'd already had my closure with him a few days before. So I don't know how, you know, it's a, it's yeah. a, kind of a long story. I don't know how you want me to yeah take as much time. So when he sent that, do you believe he sent that note at that time purposefully because of his spirituality? 100%. So 11, 11, I didn't know that. I mean, I knew through the, through the course of our relationship, he would always screenshot 1111. Like it was just, you know, and I didn't know what it really meant. And then I started looking into it after he passed away. And to him, to him, it meant eternal soulmates. And that's my interpretation. Mm-hmm. And it's a sign. So when I see 1111s all, all the time. And um, including like when I went backwards, you know, it's like hindsight 2020, you go back, right. you lose the person and it's like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. So, so and today, today is sort of, um, the anniversary, the five-year anniversary of the last night we spent together. So we said, I just saw my memories on Facebook, you know, Facebook, I have a lot of like things about it. I don't like, but, but it's really nice to see these memories come up. And so February 7th, today's the seventh, right? Yep. Yep. Was the last time we had, we had spent the night together and um, he had come through LA. He wasn't living here at the time. He had moved away when he was dealing with his last bout with, with an episode. He was living in Arizona and he, he reached out to me and said, can we get together? You know, um, and I hadn't seen him in months. You know, he'd had his last, like, you know, the, the episodes were very extreme. And then I, you know, this, the last time I just, I said, I can't, I, I can't do this anymore. But it was months had passed and he had said, can I come, can I, can I see you? And all my friends were saying, don't see him at night don't have alcohol, don't bring him home, don't have sex with him, <laughs> right. like, see him for coffee in the day, you know, go to a public place. But of course, I didn't listen to any of my friends. I didn't listen to my therapist. I did bring him home. I did, you know, and we had this this incredible goodbye, which I didn't know was goodbye at the time. Mm-hmm. And so he passed away. So it was it was a few days later when he, he waited for me to be in London, I believe. And mm-hmm. it was also the significant. He took his life and it was after the fact we, I, I came home. I knew he was gone when, when, when my, his sister, my sister-in-law sent me the note. I knew he was gone. Like I knew there was no sense in hoping that he was, I knew this was it, but we couldn't find his body. And so I called, you know, I used to do my show and I used to have psychics on all, all the time. Right. And I'd become friendly with a woman named Maureen Hancock, a very, very talented medium. And I called her for help. Who is no longer around, right? No, no, no. So, she is. Maureen oh, is. Oh, she is. Maureen. She's not the second site. There were okay. two, there were two okay. profound connections I had with psychics more, but these were the two most mind blowing. Okay. So I reached out to Maureen in a state of total panic. And I said, I need your help. And she immediately knew it was Christian. She knew he was gone. And he told her we couldn't find his body. I mean, it's like we couldn't. I had assumed he was in a hotel or a motel and that he had overdosed on pills because that's something he'd always I I, I was aware of that was a plan, but that wasn't the case. And so the, he, he, Christian told Maureen where his body was before he was found. And um, not 10 minutes later, the police called and told me exactly what he had said to her. Mm. So that was like, that was, 
I mean, it was unbelievable to me. It was, it was beyond like a coincidence. It was, it, to me, it was a direct message from him. He also told her he wants, he keeps saying he wants you to have the ring. He wants you to have the ring. And I knew when we had seen each other in LA that on the 7th of February, I was like, what are you doing in town? He said, oh, I, I have some jewelry in pawn, in a pawn shop. Now I've never dealt with a mm. pawn shop, but he was a jewelry designer and he was a Jew, you know, he was, he had a lot of access to jewelry and he also had his wedding band that he had made for it for us. So I thought it was the wedding ring. Anyway, cut to, I put his, what he had told me and what Maureen said about, he wants to have the ring. And on Valentine's day, five years ago, almost five years ago, I went on a wild goose chase and found his ring, our wedding, his wedding band. In a pawn shop? In a pawn shop. I like put, I just put all these clues together. I knew where he was living when he was last in LA, when he had moved out from me, he was living downtown. I knew the location and I just went looking. I Googled pawn shops in that area. And it was the first one I went to. I brought a wad of cash. I'd have never dealt with a pawn shop. So I didn't know how it worked, but they right. won't tell you what they have. And basically I had to show them the death certificate. I had to show that I was his partner. I had to like, you know, and I got his wedding ring on Valentine's day and Five years later, almost five years later, here in my house, the night I moved into my my home that I'd been building and I bought with Christian when I was, you know, seven years ago, I was moved in with my new love, Ross. Ross spontaneously proposed to me on Valentine's Day, our first night in this house. And again, it was like Christian saying he wants me to have the ring. He wants me to have, the, the, in this case, it was my engagement ring to Ross. And Ross wasn't planning to propose. It, he didn't have a ring at that time, but he felt this this urge come over him and it was like i i believe in every cell of my body that christian evans my beloved who couldn't stay who could not stay in human form in on this you know this time and this on this earth he is my protector he is my angel he is looking out for me he is orchestrated much of, you know, I mean, I think I've manifested a lot of my beautiful life, you know, mm -hmm. of course I take ownership in that, but I believe I have like uh, my, my person on the other side that is absolutely as devoted to me now as he ever was. And I feel him and I see him, I see him in my husband. I, there's times when I feel like I'm embodying Christian. I feel like his core, his personality, his, his, like, I just, I just feel that I am like that he is in me. Mm -hmm. and you know? So can you walk us through some of the signs and especially your experience with that psychic medium, so, yeah, the so medium that you saw? Yeah. So Maureen, Maureen is that first psychic and she mm -hmm. was just, she gave me such a gift. And it was a year after the death of Christian. It was the end of January of, of 2018. Um, it was coming up on the one year anniversary of his death. I had a reading with a woman named Patricia Michelle. She was. She's the one who's no longer. She doesn't practice anymore. She doesn't right. practice anymore. She's still alive. Um, I'm I'm a little bit in touch with her, but I I don't speak to her or anything. I, I, yeah, I don't know what is going on with her health wise, but she doesn't practice, which is the the biggest travesty because she's she was a godsend, uh, an angel like no other. And so I had a, a good friend that had implored me to hire her to do a reading, and she's like, trust me, trust me, trust me. You will channel she will channel christian for you and you will speak to christian for an hour and i was just like you know rolling my eyes like whatever you know i know i know psychics they're always on my show they're great but i'm not chat there's no way and it was a lot of money and she's like trust me so i did this reading and i i made sure that this woman well i'm sorry what, what was your resistance especially since you had been exposed to it so much 
And it was such a part of your life at that point. I don't know. I guess, I guess, you know, I had validation from other people that I just like, I didn't think that this woman could be as good as my friend was saying she was, you know, mm-hmm. I like I've seen good, you know? And so I was just kind of cynical about it, but I did it. You know, I paid the money. I purposely, she had no way of knowing who I was. She didn't have my credit card info. She didn't know anything. She didn't even know my name. I, mm-hmm. I, I don't want to use my name because I, you know, I'm famous. I didn't want her to have the opportunity to Google me. So I just went, she said, all I need is your middle name and your age. And I was like, okay. So I, you know, all of it was on the phone. It wasn't on zoom. Um, And, and she immediately, I mean, I have the recording I've listened to it. I've played it for 40 friends that all loved Christian and it has given us all such peace. Um, and, and, and validation, you know, and, and the things he said, the details that he went into, I mean, he went into like, so I said, it was my, I said, my name is Pamela and I'm 40, whatever I was 48 years old, 47 years old. And he's like, that's not her name. You know, he's like, that's not, and she does it through mental telepathy. So she goes, it's a sound alike. It's, she's like, that's not, and so I, she goes, I'm asking him to spell it. And she's this elderly woman, you know, she's, mm-hmm. she's like, are I, 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 I see the C, I see the C, K, I, it's a Ricky or something like that. Is that, I hope I'm not butchering your name. And, I, and she's, you know, she's like, is that it? I'm like, yes. And I'm crying. I'm crying. She's like, and then he brings up his son who, you know, he brings up my children, Milo and Owen. I mean, he specifics, but then, but then, you know, that was mind blowing. Then he goes into who he was in a past life. So Christian was very entwined with Native American people. He grew up outside of a, 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 a reserve, a, a, an Indian reserve, reservation, um, yeah. a reservation in, in New Mexico from the Four Corners. So he was an Indian, a Native American in a past life in the Four Corners of New Mexico and described his brother who had say, he had sacrificed himself in that lifetime for his brother and his brother the detail and the connection. And, and that's why he's so connected to his people. Like there were things she could not have known about him that were so specific. He talked about taking his life where he was, when he took his life, Mm. what was going through his mind, you know, what happened when he crossed over, he told me where he is now that he's, you know, he is waiting for it. it, it, Talked about his sister Colette and his mother, Pam, and Pam is not with Byron anymore. And like his father, I mean, the detail and, and, it just, it just was exactly what I needed to be able to begin to put my life back together. You know, I was on this like, not self-destructive path, but I was just lost. I couldn't figure out a way to kind of be okay with losing the, my favorite person in this way, you know, um, that I couldn't save him. You know, I've, I've, my whole life, I have been very much the provider. I've been the, you know, the, the maternal figure to, to many people. I take care of a lot of people and I couldn't save him. And I, you know, I did everything I knew how, you know, I put every dollar I had and every therapist and every treatment and every, I mean, I was just like on this path to try to fix my guy. And, um, so, yeah, so, so this reading was the, the first, you know, it took a year to, to find this woman. And I ultimately had three readings with her, three readings, and all of them were profound and beautiful. But once, once you have the first reading, you know, that right. first mind-blowing, like everything else was like, yeah, yeah, it was amazing. And this, you know, it wasn't like the first one. 
But um, do you feel like you got answers as to why he couldn't be saved in this lifetime or what what that was about? Because I think a lot of people struggle with this, especially when someone dies by suicide, that they should have done something more, that they could have done something more, that they didn't do enough. Mm-hmm. Um, I never felt um obviously I was devastated to lose him, but I never felt like it was my fault. I never felt guilty. I, you know, I look back on the last night I spent with him, which is today's the anniversary of that. Thank God I didn't listen to everybody and and reject him in that mm-hmm. moment. You know, I, I, it would be a very different um, outcome for me. Like mm-hmm. I would, I would feel responsible. I would feel that I had something to do with him taking, making that choice, you know, Um, but no, I, we had such a loving, um, goodbye that, um, I, I, you know, I, I don't, I don't carry that, that weight with, of me, you know, of of the guilt or, or, or even the, the why, like, I, I didn't have to ask ask myself why, because I know why he suffered Mm. every single day Mm -hmm. that he was here as much as he was in love with me. And we had a really fun time and we, you know, we got to go to Ibiza together, our favorite place. And we, you know, we had a really beautiful relationship, but he was miserable. He was in pain all the time. He suffered from chronic back pain, from migraines all the time from, from, um, um, learning issues, processing issues, you know, like he, he struggled with a lot and he was one of the most gifted, intuitive, instinctive, fun loving, you know, like he, he was, yeah, he he really was both of those things, which is so often the case with, you know, serious mental illness like this, the creativity. It's like madness and genius, you Mm -hmm. know, they go together. And, um, he did the best he could and he stayed as long as he possibly could for me. And, and I believe him leaving was him sparing me and not leaving me because he spared me from more hardship and pain because with him, I mean, what I hear bipolar gets worse, you know, gets worse. Each episode gets more extreme. And um, I mean, it was so, it was so, traumatizing, you know, the things he was doing, the behavior and, and the personality change. I mean, he became a different person that I didn't know. And yeah, I just, I just, you know, I mean, I, you know, I don't, I, I think sometimes like what, what would have happened if Christian was alive and we just weren't together? Would I, would, would I have been able to move on? Like I have, I, I don't, I don't know the answer to that, but I do feel he's with me. He's just with me in a different way. It sounds like it was so intense that there wasn't, there might not have been the opportunity to completely separate without this. I, I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, 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 I really don't know, but I, I do think, you know, as painful as it, it has been, I mean, I, I, I tap into that, that feeling of where I was at five years ago. Um, and I think about how, how what the turnaround in my life, I mean, I'm just, I just cannot, believe that I, that I'm, I'm the happiest I've ever been. I'm the most comfortable in my skin. I mean, and so much of my journey has been a journey of like self-love, you know, finding Mm -hmm. this, 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 this real validation and appreciation of who I am through losing Christian, you know, through loving myself the way he loved me. Um, I think that set me up for me being ready to meet Ross, you know, I think it's all Yeah. Tell us about how you met Ross, because this really is, I'm calling this a ghost story, love story, because that's exactly what this is. It's such a beautiful, 
it's the love that you had and still have for someone who's not embodied anymore. And it's the love that you now have for someone who is. Yeah. And you're holding both of those things. Yes. And one of the things I love about, I mean, I love, I love everything about Ross, but one of the things in the beginning of our relationship, um, I was able to share with him the recording of Patricia and Christian uh, in that reading. And, you know, it's, it's an hour long and it's, you know, for anybody that's not connected to it, I would imagine it might be, you know, moments of it's boring or it does. Right. Just or what does this mean? He wanted to listen to the whole thing. Like, like I was like, Oh, I'll turn it off. He's like, no, no, no. I want to hear the whole, like he, you know, he's secure in, enough in himself that he, you know, isn't threatened by my love and my, my, my stories of Christian, you know, he wants to hear more. He wants to know about this person that's so deeply uh, affected me and changed me and made me who I am today in a lot of ways. But um, yeah, so, so Ross and I met during COVID, I mean, which is such a crazy thing when you're isolated and you, you're not seeing anybody. I mean, I would go right. weeks without seeing anybody, but I would go on a walk every morning. I would take my dog. I lived at the beach um, in the Marina, Marina Del Rey here in California. And I lived on the channel and I would take my dog to the sand every morning for like a two mile walk. And I was on that walk and it was right in the heart of the summer of, the, of 2020. And so it's when you're, you know, you're wearing gloves cause you're afraid to touch anything. You're, you're masked <laughs> up and you're, 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 yeah. So I, I ran into a, 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 someone I didn't know that well, but um, someone I knew and I was just excited to, you know, I was like, hi. And I was on and off dating someone else at that time. And she said, oh, you know, how's it going with that guy? And I was like, oh, we're not together. She's like, well, what are you looking for? And I was like, well, in that moment, I just said, I want this, this, and this. I want someone who has their shit together. I want someone who wants, who doesn't want to have kids. And I want someone who, because I, ha- I have my kids. Right. And I want someone who wants to have fun. Like, I am all about fun right now. And she's like, I think I know someone. And so she just gave, you know, gave him my number, set us up on this blind date. I didn't really think anything of it. He's an ex-Mormon, ex-devout Mormon. He has four grown kids. And we went on our first date together and it was not fireworks. It wasn't, you know, he's six foot six, he's giant. And I had a shaved gray head and I wasn't exactly his type, but we, you know, stayed connected. And then he became a booty call of mine. So basically I was <laughs> dating the other guy and I was seeing Ross on the side. Ross knew about the other guy, but I wasn't just, I wasn't giving Ross a real chance. Ross mm-hmm. was kind of a back burner, uh, you know, fun fling. And it was Halloween of, of 2020 when there was a blue moon. I don't know if you remember, there was a super blue mm-hmm. moon. Everyone was talking about it. Everyone in my circle was like, oh my gosh, this powerful blue moon. You need to really be you know, aware something could shift. And that was the night that I saw Ross for the first time, like really without alcohol involved. And I just kind of saw him and I was like, wait a minute. And it was like a light bulb went off over his head. Like I just saw him differently. And that was it. That was when my heart started opening to him. And we've been together ever since. But like all the twists and turns to us meeting, I believe have been orchestrated by someone, someone I believe is Christian, you know, because we should never have met, even though we lived in close proximity. He's a lawyer. He's like not in my circle at all. He's so different from any anybody I've ever dated in my life. Like I've never gone out with a professional. I've never gone out with someone that like owned his own home. Like that was like a novel, (laughs) you know. I'm used to, <laughs> to the artist that needs help funding their whatever and or writing their manifesto that no one ever gets to see. You know, like I'm used to that guy, the guy I need to fix, you know. Right. I was going to say this was someone you didn't need to take care of. You've taken care of people 
And it's almost like Christian was the last. Mm -hmm. I believe that. Yeah. Ross definitely did not need taken care of. And turns out I did need a little bit of taken care of. I've never been really taken care of in my life. And I used to pride myself on that, that that was like a sign of like, like strength and, and, you know, I'm this strong, independent woman, but it is really refreshing. And I think really um, healthy for me to be able to lean on someone and, and to have like a real partnership, you know, this feels like the first real partnership in my entire adult life. And um, yeah, it's, it's been, it's been bliss. I mean, I am in a state of like, like I call it grounded euphoria that mm-hmm. I just, you know, like I, I, we wake up singing every morning. We so appreciate this, this chapter, you know, this chapter in our lives, our kids are out of the house, you know, we're empty nesters. We've worked really hard. We've made lots of sacrifices for everyone. And now it's like our time and it's, a, it's, 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 I'm in the prime of my life for sure. At 53. At 53, which is, amazing. I think I'm an example. Like I do think like I, for women, for particularly women, cause I'm, I'm a woman. I just think women who have like, whether they've gone through a divorce, they've gone through a losing a loved one, you know, there is hope and there are good men out there. And there, you know, I think the, the key to it is really being open to it, keeping your heart open and really loving yourself really, really like really valuing yourself. Cause I think that this would never have happened without that piece. You and know? you did not circumvent the grief. So you felt that grief. You still feel that grief and that sadness and that loss. And it doesn't have to be one or the other. And I think that that's, what's so beautiful about your story is that you don't have to let go of Christian to love someone else too. Absolutely. I mean, that brings tears to my eyes. Yeah. I, I'm so lucky, you know, I mean, I obviously, I wish I, I wish he would, he, you know, he wasn't in the pain he was in. I wish he could have made it. I wish, but I understand, like, I, I get it. I know he is in a better place. I know he is at peace. I know he is, I know he is. And I know he knows I'm okay. You know, that I'm doing, cause I, I just, I, I, I was his angel when he was here, you know, I made a pact with him. I knew he was never going to be able to provide for himself. I knew he was never going to be able to provide for me or, you know, he was, he was ill. He was very ill. Um, and I know he's not ill anymore. You know, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. he was very special. He was, he would say he was an alien and he was, Mm -hmm. I think, I bet he was, he was not of this earth. He Mm -hmm. was, you know, and, um, and Ross is such, he's an angel too. He's such a good man. And, um, and I freaking deserve him. <laughs> right. Know? You worked hard and you, you, I, I think you've, you've set it up for yourself. We were talking before. It didn't just appear for you, right? It's been a process that you've worked towards. And I think oftentimes people think, oh, she's lucky this just happened to her, but it didn't. And you, it sounds like you were doing the work the whole time along the way, you were processing the grief. You were looking at why am I always the caretaker? What might I need instead of just giving to everybody else what they need? And when he, when Ross showed up, you could shift into being taken care of, not just kidding. I didn't see it coming. Like, it's like a lot of my, uh, much of my life. I don't, I, I mean, I say I'm a manifester, but it's not like conscious. It's mm-hmm. like, I'm open, I'm open to whatever's going to come, whatever the universe 
brings, but I did not see it coming. Like, like that, that this could be my life, you know, that I could be this happy and, and this healthy. And that like, I just, I, you know, after, after going through, I went, what I went through, I mean, I, I, I think back, like I, every day I would walk my dog after Christian died and I would just force myself to smile at the sun. Like I would just like, like be grateful, like find some, like something to be grateful for. You know, I had to take care of my dog. My dog needed to go to the bathroom. I had to get, but it was like, it was literally one foot in front of the other and just like crying. And I was annihilated and it wasn't just, just losing him to suicide. That was freaking the worst, but it was also the episodes, the bipolar episodes that sort of came out of nowhere where the person I loved the most that loved me so much would turn on me and do something, call the tabloids on me. I mean, he was doing the craziest stuff to me. And the fact that I was able to get out of that, like, like that, that feeling of despair and that feeling mm-hmm. of betrayal and that feeling of just, you know, not, not wanting to, to wake up every day, you know, um, to where every day I wake up and I'm just like, we pinch ourselves. We, we like, I mean, we literally jump up and down like little kids in our house, you know, and just can't believe how, how, how blessed we are, you know? So you, so you move in on February 14th. It'll be one year. 21. Yes. Yes. And then he proposes and you just got married. I got married a month ago. Yeah. On January 2nd, one, two, 22. And it was amazing. You know, it's like it it all kind of, you know, with COVID still being a thing, we ended up having a very, very small wedding. We had 23 people here in our backyard overlooking the ocean. And it was, you know, out here we were having to. Hence terrific- why you're lucky I didn't show up at your door. <laughs> yeah, 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 I know. <laughs> I know it's a it's such a beautiful spot, but the weather was great. Like we were having, I mean, I know you're in Chicago and you have your own weather stuff, but for us, you know, it never rains. We had torrential, like, like PCH was closed because trees had fallen on power lines. I mean, that was happening two days before our wedding. So we, you know, it, the skies cleared up and the sun, I mean, it was like, it could, it it was, it's, it's, it's like someone was looking after us, you know, Mm -hmm. looking over us because it was touch and go for a minute. We were doing it all outside because of COVID and the rain, you know, so it just worked out beautifully all of our children were able to be here, which was the only prerequisite for our wedding. We wanted, you know, all six of our kids to be here and their, their partners. And, and then, you know, one thing that happened during the wedding. So right before I was going to walk out, it wasn't a traditional wedding at all. We didn't do anything really traditional, but I did walk out from my bedroom where I'm sitting now. And I was, you know, about to just meet Ross and start the ceremony. And right before that, so so my stepdaughter, Cammy had made me, made us a playlist for our wedding. And it was like nine hours of music of like different mm-hmm. wedding songs. And I had added just a couple of songs, two or three songs. One of them was really meaningful to me. It's this weird, obscure song called Firefly. But it was my song that I played the summer that I brought Christian's Ashes to Ibiza in 2017. Mm-hmm. I played it every morning for my friends and I. And so it was like sort of my anthem that summer. And that song randomly came on right before I was to walk out and start the ceremony with Ross. And I know, I know, and no one can tell me otherwise that it was Christian telling me that he was with me, that he was Mm -hmm. there. It was, it was unbelievable. And yet I believe, you know, I believe it was him saying, I'm here with you on this day. And I, you know, Christian's ashes are here on my property as well. I, I, you know, the 11 is so significant. I had, him cremated in 11 different 
um, bags and I've brought him to different parts of the world. I've brought him to a bees. I brought him to Burning Man, which was where we always wanted to go together. He's here in Malibu with me. And um, I gave some to his mom and to his sister. And yeah, it's, it's just, it's, it's just comforting. I mean, it's just, it's, it's, it's a knowing and we, we don't lose our loved ones when they, when they pass, they're still here. I think they're, he's more present than he was when he was here. <laughs> I bet because he shed, he shed the body that was so difficult, the body and the mind. Yep. That was so yep. painful for him. Yep. Oh, I'll tell you one other thing that happened just the other couple of weeks ago. So I have these starlights. I mean, I sort of want to walk you around my house and show oh you. Oh my God. Yeah. If you all saw this house, it's, <laughs> it's, 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 magnificent. it's not a big house. It's not like a mansion or anything, but no. it's just very, very, very me. It's and very, it's very, it's very, I don't know my experience when you showed it to me before. It's so warm and it feels so warm and welcoming that you just, you just want to go and just be there nothing oh, else like, when you're in LA you have an open invitation oh, to come over. I'm coming cocktails over there for sunset but but um I have these starlights that are outside in my courtyard and they're the, these big they're in the trees and they're really beautiful we were having trouble with getting the remote control to work and my friend who's my dear friend who knew Christian very well is my landscape designer and we couldn't figure it out and I'm playing with the remote and I'm and it suddenly went on this was like three weeks ago went on and at the same time the lights for my outside that are attached to my main house came on they are on separate everything one is one is a totally different breaker mm -hmm. than the other but they came on the exact same time and i i looked at my friend john i was like that's christian and suddenly he got goosebumps all over his body which christian always that always used christian was an empath and he always would be affected by the slightest thing and he'd show me all these goosebumps so i knew i knew it was just christian saying he's here it was right after we got married and i you know yeah i'm taking that to my grave because mm -hmm. i knew it well, and, and what we talked about before when we chatted was that when you know it in your soul, you just know it to be truth and that no one can take that away from you. And I think a lot of people try. I'm sure you, you know, in the years that you interviewed mediums, that there were people who said, you know, this is quackery or and and there are some people who are not truly authentic in their practice, but there are a lot that are. And when they are, and when you connect, and when you connect on your own, it brings such peace and knowing. Yes, yes. And for me, it it, it gave me my life back. I mean, I just, I don't think it's like hyperbole. I, like, I believe, I believe, like, like Patricia gave me such a gift and, and I have to give credit to Robin, my friend Robin, who's just implored me. She's like, you have to Get this woman to do a reading and i'm devastated that that other people don't have this this opportunity because i do think she was some she was next level like mm -hmm. next level and um and christian was next level like that's the other thing it's like i think it went hand in hand i think she has these amazing gifts and i think he has some major gifts wherever he is apparently he's in the third heaven or he, at least he was yeah i was gonna ask you where yeah. where she, she said, said he was in the third heaven and from what he understands he has the opportunity to go up um but he feels at peace he feels like he's himself again you know he he but he said the only thing is he doesn't have me is what mm. he said and this was in 2018. So this is before Ross was in my life. Um, Did he say what the third heaven meant? I'm going to have to have someone come on and help me understand the different um, levels you probably passed through. He didn't get into it as far as like, like, 
I mean, in other readings, I mean, he, he, he was saying that he could share me because I was with this other guy, Jeff, at the time I had another reading with him. And he said that, you know, we can share like, oh, he was saying there's a curtain that he doesn't see. I mean, this, some of this sounds really hokey when I say it out loud. Not, sounds, not to my listeners. I, really? But like <laughs> yeah. when I, say, I, I, I don't want to say anything that like would oh, oh. roll their eyes, you know? I but mean, like, most people know that I'll go there because I'm so curious yeah. about it. I mean, there's yeah. so much. I had a conversation with a woman a while back and she was talking about channeling light beings from other dimensions. And so we got like way into the different dimensions and everything. And everybody loved that episode. They were like, we need more of that. So go for it. Go for it. The third heaven. He didn't really go into detail. Like, like that first reading, I was so blown away. And I, it was on the, like I said, I was on the phone and I was trying to be silent because I didn't want to miss a word that he was saying through her. So I'm like, I'm crying and I'm emotional and I'm like completely like, I can't believe what I'm hearing, but like, I I can't remember exactly. Um, he, he lives in a, they, they have houses. Like he was saying, describing it as like there were houses, but like, if I have another partner, like, like, you know, like if I remarry that he can share me, they can share me like, and that he doesn't seem intimate moments that there's, there's privacy. I don't know. I, um, mm. I, I have to listen to the second and third readings again and just get more specific. But um there's the stuff that really blew my mind was the stuff about the past life. Like mm-hmm. that he was in a previous life. He knew his name was Ashkey Digin and his brother's name was, um, oh, wait, what was it? Shosh. No, it was a Shosh was a black bear. Oh, there's all this crazy stuff. And I know I'm going all over the map. No, 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 no. I love but, this. But I, okay. So I'll tell you this one story. So, so Ibiza was our place. Ibiza, we went there many, many times. We went there, I think, seven times together. And then I went back for an eighth time with his ashes when mm-hmm. he died, the summer that he died. And I did a ceremony at this place called Esvedra. It's a rock formation that's a vortex, one of three vortex in the world. There's, there's Sedona. Right. There's, uh, uh, Esvedra in Ibiza and then one other. And I, I can't remember, but so I, I had, did a ceremony with a shaman on a catamaran at this rock formation on his birthday, which was July 24th. I did this incredible, you know, spread the ashes. And that summer, you know, he had left a bag in Ibiza years prior. He had left a bag. He was in a mental psychotic mm-hmm. episode he thought he was coming back. He left all his stuff in the suitcase. So I finally, two and a half years later, got the suitcase back and in it, I want to, I want to run and get it for you. But, I, but basically he left this, there was a ring in the, remember the, the he said, yeah, he was, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, 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 I'm trying to think of where it is. Let me see if I can find it. Can I, okay. can I run and get it really yeah, fast? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Let me see. Okay. Hang on. Hang on. I think I know where it is. Um, so for those who are listening, you can actually watch this on YouTube and oh, hey, you the ring she's talking about. <laughs> I just see if it's in here. Uh, is it here? Yes, it's here. So I have this 1111 purse. Okay, friend. let me take a picture of this so then I could post it too. So people who don't, I never know how to take pictures. Like, Well, I don't know. It's not gonna. Okay, okay. I think I got it. Okay, so basically, I have this like random thing in the background. So I'm going to need to take it again. Oh, you want to take it again? And let me make sure I don't have any other like client information stuff. Oh God. No, no. Oh my gosh. Okay. You got it. Try this again. Nope. 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 I'm not so good with technology. I mean, I can just describe it. (laughs) Okay. Wait, hold up the 1111. 
Okay, perfect. I mean, this was this is the eleven eleven bag was given to me by my friend, but but this was the wedding ring. You can see this was the wedding band that I found in the pawn shop. But this was the ring that was in this bag. That Wait, I hold did. it up. Hold it up. Okay. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So this is this ring that fits my ring finger perfectly. And it's a bear claw. Like it's a, it's a bear claw. And he was talking about when, when his brother, when he was a native American in a previous lifetime, his brother had, um, he sacrificed his brother. He took his, a, a shosh was attacking the brother and it was on his hind legs. And basically Christian was this, this native American Ashkey Dijon, and he was distracting the bear. So the bear let the brother go and the brother was survived and he died. So he died this death of the bear mm. attacking him. And the brother swore in his next lifetime that he would protect him. He would be there to, to, to be there for him. So cut to this ring, this ring I found in the bag that he had left in Ibiza was this ring and it's a bear claw. I didn't know what it was, but it's some sort of. Yeah. Like, and it simple. looks native. Indigenous. The ring definitely looks indigenous. I know. So I, you know, again, it to me, it's another, it's another sign. It's another, you know, connection. And um, it was super comforting to me. And I, you know, I wear this stuff occasionally. I wear it less now because I, I have Ross, and I, I touch his stuff all the time. He, he brought up to the reading with Patricia that you know his jewelry. When I wear a piece of his jewelry, he can, he feels so close to me. He comes to me. Mm -hmm. I wear his stuff a lot. Um, I hold it, you know, whatever. I mean, these are just, you know, the, my little things, I, my little quirks that I do that make me feel close to him still. Mm -hmm. you know? mm -hmm. Anyway, I don't think I told the story very well, but. It made perfect sense to me. There was the past life of who he was. There was the ring that you found after when you went to Ibiza. That might have actually, I mean, it's interesting that there was the ring that you sort of went on this wild goose chase for. But yeah. the ring that sounds like was completely in line with that reading was probably this ring. Possibly. I mean, it's all it's all connected and right. it all gives me comfort and it all makes me feel like he's he's still right here. Like, I think he's right here in this in this in this space. And, you know, this house, I, I found it with him. You know, this was going to be the place where we retired. You know, we were going to mm -hmm. build this and live here and then spend part of the time in Ibiza. You know, this was our plan. And so I have pictures of this house under construction in this room. I have a picture of him with his arms outstretched in this in the center of this room. And, you know, just just so much has happened. So much has happened that he's been here for physically and then not here for. But I still I still I still think he's as much here to, with me today as he was when he was actually alive. Right. Not here for in body. Exactly. Yes. Well, Ricky, this is an amazing story. For everybody who might have missed the beginning, go back and listen because this is airing on the 14th, Valentine's Day, the day that Christian's body was found. The day that his body was no, his body was found the 13th, but it was oh, the 13th. I got the yes, was when I got the ring on the 14th. Okay. So the when when you rediscovered when you got the ring, um, the wedding ring that he had put it, he had tried to pawn. Yeah. Um, and then your new love Ross proposed on the 14th. So mm -hmm. it's just the synchronicities are just unbelievable in this story and that this is airing on the 14th and that we're interviewing on the seventh. I mean, there's just so many yes. odd ways that this came together and you can't just, I, I personally can't dismiss it. So if someone else Me wants either. to go ahead, but I yeah. am not going to be the one that dismisses that it. it's just too 
It's too synchronistic. Thank you. And for me, it's so it's a joy for me to keep Christian's memory alive. You know, he was super important to me and and helped me to be the best person I am to today. I'm the best me I've ever been. And I think a lot of it has to do with with his influence, what he taught me um, and how he loved me. Well, Ricky, thank you so much for being so open to sharing your story with us. It's a beautiful story. I think it'll bring so much hope. I hope. love, hopefully, on this Valentine's Day. So thank you. Thank you, Amy. Pleasure to tell you my story. Thank you. Like what you heard today and want to hear more? Wondering what comes next and what it all means? Head over to Apple Podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, or anywhere you get your podcasts and hit subscribe. Also, if you could take a minute to rate and review my podcast, I would really appreciate it. Stay tuned as we continue to explore life, death, and the space between.